Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium with your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, pump up your energy. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is all about dynamic family leadership and leaving a profound legacy for our children. This year, we've added family financial freedom as a major topic. We want to help families learn, act, and implement strategies to become financially free. Our show is available on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, and Stitcher, and syndicated on RethinkRadio.org and OneIdeaAway.com, also on Armed Radio. Okay, so on to our show we have been talking about passive income by investing in real estate. Our guest today has been on the show before. He is a self-made freedom lifestyle entrepreneur, seasoned investor, and international speaker. Been investing in real estate for almost 30 years, has been involved in several other entrepreneurial ventures. He is a regular contributor in the media with his extensive background in business, entrepreneurship, and real estate. So ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Mike Wolf. Hi, Mike. Hello there. How are you? I am awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know it was a last minute thing that I reached out to you. Oh, thanks for having me back. And I could talk real estate anytime, all day long. So it's all good. <laughs> yes. Mike is really passionate about helping people successfully invest in real estate and creating that money while you're sleeping. Today, I asked him to come back on the show because there's many ways to invest in real estate. And Mike specializes in helping people be successful successful in buying single family homes and want Mike to talk about why it's better to invest in single family home. What's the advantage of that as opposed to say multi-unit or syndication. So Mike, what's your thought on that? Well, where do I start? So first of all, I have done uh, single family. I've done multifamily and so, and I'm not, I'm not putting down multifamily investing. It's certainly uh, good. However, uh, there's certain advantages to investing in single family for most people. Now, if you're investing in multifamily, typically you're creating a job for yourself because there's a lot of moving parts. And so, uh, first of all, I want to distinguish between different types of multifamilies. And so there's obviously, you know, duplexes, fourplexes, sixplexes, eightplexes. That's a whole different animal than buying, you know, a hundred unit apartment building. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about both of those things and my experience with them. And, you know, why after all these years, 30 years of investing, why even though I've tried those, I've gone back to the single family world and why I continue to do the single family. And for most people, I recommend that. And so, uh, so as I mentioned, uh, you know, obviously the, the duplexes, threeplexes, fourplexes, all those things, uh, that is a very different type of investment than a hundred unit plus apartment building. And so typically when you, when you look at most uh, cities that have those, you know, uh, you know, sixplexes, eightplexes, etc. Uh, they tend to be in less desirable neighborhoods. So number number one, uh, what I what I found investing in those is they don't appreciate as well. One because they're usually in less desirable neighborhoods, and two, when you go to sell that property, who are you selling to? You're selling to another investor. And what are investors looking for? They're looking for good numbers, a good deal. That's what they want to buy. Uh, what has made me the most money over the years? is buying uh, homes on using my business sense 
behind them getting a good deal. Maybe they're in a distressed, uh, you know, there's a distressed homeowner there, they're in foreclosure, and then selling them to somebody who's buying for emotional reasons. Now I bought it for business sense. It was a good deal. I might have had to fix it up. I might have had to uh, make it aesthetically pleasing, but that end buyer is going to pay a premium because now it smells, you know, you put the cookies in the oven and it's got the right countertops and it's got the right color scheme. It's, it's uh, decorated uh, nicely. People will pay a premium for that. Investors are not going to pay a premium typically for they're, they're looking for a deal. And so that's one of the things. Uh, also what I found with those smaller multifamily projects is that everybody, because they're so close in proximity to each other, the neighbors almost never get along. There's at least one neighbor that's a troublemaker that you wish you could get rid of, but doesn't that person won't leave. And then you have some other people that are nice uh, tenants that you wish you could keep, but they all move because you know that person's selling drugs or is a prostitute or, or who knows what they're doing. But in any case, when you're in uh, those smaller multifamily projects, it seems like everybody knows everybody else's business and you really become a babysitter and it's a full-time job and it becomes musical tenants where people are moving, they're moving out, they're moving in, the property gets damaged uh, all the time. You're always fixing stuff up. I won't touch those smaller projects at all personally. And, and I can tell you that I hang out with a lot of my friends are real estate investors and most of them have had the exact same experiences. So if you haven't done that before, be very, very careful where you're buying, what you're buying, uh, find out why that person is selling. Quite often it's because they're not getting the numbers they expected. Um, and then ironically, when you get to the big apartment buildings with lots and lots of units, ironically, everybody's anonymous there. So you don't have those same issues. But when you're buying uh, the big apartment buildings, you're, you're really buying a business. And you ever notice that some people uh, have a knack, let's say, for restaurants. And every time they open up a restaurant, it just turns to gold, makes lots and lots of money. Yeah. And yet with the other restaurants, exact same business. And we see other people don't have the same experience. And the restaurants are always changing hands and changing owners. And cha it's a different restaurant you know, every, every few months. And so unless you have a knack for that business, you have experience doing it. That's not how you want to start. You definitely want to uh, cut your teeth on single family deals, get used to working with teams, get used to uh, you know people not showing up, uh, uh, contractors not showing up, stuff like that. But get used to that uh, on a much smaller scale because when you have those big uh, buildings, they can be big money makers if you do it right, but the vast majority of people do not do well with them. The vast majority of people are not successful and the vast majority of people can't even afford to get into that game uh, to begin with. So one of the challenges you're going to have is even just getting financing for it. When you get to those apartment buildings, the banks, they don't really care so, as much about your credit. They care more about the deal itself, but they also care about your experience doing it because they, just like that example I gave you about restaurants, they know that some people are going to take that apartment building and be successful with it, make lots of money. Those are the people they want to lend to who have a track record. And if you're the person who's never done it before and you're going to test the waters using a bank's money, good luck. They're not, they're not going to loan to you. Uh, so you're probably going to need a partner who has been uh, involved in that uh, sort of thing before. And like I said, I would much rather cut my teeth on small deals, single family homes, where if something goes wrong, if I get a repair bill, for you know, a roof on a single family home, it's something I can afford. If, if something goes wrong on a huge uh, multifamily deal, that can cost you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, remedy. And if you're not prepared for that, 
Uh, so that's some of the issues. And on top of that, uh, you know, like I said, when you go to sell, once again, you're, you're, uh, you can't sell one unit. You've got to sell the entire uh, building. So let's say, you know, my daughter wanted to get married. Unless I didn't have enough money in the bank, I could go sell one of my single family homes. If I have an apartment building, I got to sell the whole thing. And all your eggs are in one basket. So not only do you have to sell the whole thing, but if something bad happens to that neighborhood, let's say they decide to build a freeway behind your apartment building, all of a sudden the values go down and all your eggs are in that same uh, basket. So these are some things you want to keep in mind. Uh, the other thing as a um, somebody who's really into passive income, but I, I really don't like uh, doing the working very hard anymore. And with apartment buildings, I was never able to make it really passive. I was never able to build like a full team around it where I didn't have to get involved. The decisions uh, with those are, are typically quite large. The things that go wrong are, are, are big. With single family homes, I can delegate to my property management team and tell them, don't even call me unless something really major goes wrong. If a tenant doesn't uh, pay his rent on time, I don't need to get a phone call uh, for that. If uh, it needs a minor repair and appliance breaks, I don't need a phone call for that. With uh, apartment buildings, I found that uh, I could never fully step away from it. It uh, was always, it always felt uh, somewhat like a job, and the money never was fully passive. There's always something coming up, and so so I'm not in any way criticizing multifamily. If you're looking to create a job for yourself and you find that exciting, and you're willing to work with somebody to get the experience so you can get the financing, or if you have a lot of money in your bank, great, you can try it. But um, I've had much, much, much better success in the single family world. And, and just when, when you start to have a lot of single family properties, if something goes vacant, for example, you have all the same advantages of a multifamily, just you're, you can be more spread out. I'm in a whole bunch of different markets. So if a market's slumping, I've also got markets that are booming at the same time that are making up for it. And so you can have more diversity. Those are some of the things that you want to keep in mind. And once again, you know, I, I have friends that make money in just about every aspect of real estate you can imagine, uh, but none of them have the lifestyle that I've got. I, as you know, I like to travel. Yes. And I do a lot of volunteering. I spend time with my grandkids. If I own multifamilies, I don't think I would have that same lifestyle that I have right now. Obviously, if there's someone that's new into investing, they're most likely not going to be able to start a syndication themselves. But if they're considering, hey, if I had 50000 could I invest it in a syndication with someone that's running that program? Or should I invest it in, say, a multi-unit building, getting a loan, or getting a single family? What would you uh, say to that person? Yeah, right now, I'm very bullish on the Atlanta market. I, I sell turnkey properties, and they start at $70,000 for a single-family home. When we look at markets that, in my opinion, are undervalued, that's why I like Atlanta. In my opinion, that market... To, to me, it's like crazy that there's a such thing. And the year 2019 is a single family home for 70,000 bucks. That's like somebody saying, oh, a gallon of gas is 18 cents yes, down. Right. It's incomprehensible. To me, to me that's why I would invest it. When you invest in syndications or you invest in you know, funds, REITs, all these different ways you could potentially quote unquote own real estate, you get some of the benefits of investing in real estate, but you don't get some of the biggest ones. So for example, if you own a, uh, a piece of real estate with your name on it. If you own a single family home, for example, and you've got title to it, well, guess what? You get to depreciate it against your taxes. So when we look at the, the richest people on the planet, we look at Warren Buffett, for example, he doesn't need the cash flow that most people who buy real estate need. And he doesn't even care about the appreciation. He invests in real estate 
like a lot of billionaires yeah. to bring down his taxable income from what he earns in his other businesses. I don't reinvent the wheel. I look at what the, the richest people who can afford the smartest, brightest and best lawyers, brightest and best accountants. I look at what they're doing and I follow suit and I copy. And if I own real estate, I can, I can bring down my taxable income and pay less tax than you know, people that make, uh, that go their nine to five job and make, uh, you know, they're the ones that pay most of the taxes. The people in right. the middle class are paying all the taxes for the most yeah. part. The rich people are paying as a percentage. Warren Buffett openly admits he pays less tax as a percentage than his assistant does. And I don't know how much his assistant makes, but I'm pretty sure his assistant isn't a billionaire. He is, and he's paying less tax. And he can bring it down almost to zero because of the real estate that he owns. So that's number one. When you invest in, in a REIT, or a, a syndication or, or any of these other ways to invest, if you don't have title to the home, you're not getting uh, some of the biggest benefits. Second of all, you don't have any control. When you own something, your name's on it, you can decide when you want to sell it, you decide if you want to rent it, you get total control of the situation. Whereas if you're investing in somebody else's thing, uh, you have no control. They're, they're acting on your behalf. They're not always acting in your best interest. And if you read the fine print and what they give you, you'll see that quite often you're paying a lot of fees for things such as their marketing. When they, when they, when they invite people for nice dinners at these fancy hotels and put on these uh, seminars to attract other investors, they're using more money to attract other investors to their, their oh, funds. Yeah. I, I know of so many examples of these funds that have gone bankrupt because they're so top heavy in fees. They have fees, you know, acquisition fees and marketing fees and disposition fees and management fees. There's so many fees. And the, the owners at the top of the, the food chain, you know, they were they made off like bandits. But the people who invested in it, the fund actually went bankrupt. Even though the, the property still had value, the funds actually went bankrupt. So you gotta be really, really careful how you're investing and, and nobody cares more about your money than you do. So to me, uh, I want to have control whenever I invest. People invest in those things because they don't have the expertise. And that's why, uh, you know, turnkey properties, for example, are a really good option for people because you can have an expert like myself who knows how to pick the right neighborhoods, knows how to pick the right markets, knows how to build the right teams, pick the right tenants. All these things that you would have to learn are done for you. And you basically, when you put your money in, not only do you get title, not only do you have control, but you have somebody basically helping you and mentoring you all along the way so you don't have to become uh, the expert. And so that's exactly why I do what I do and why I've created what I've created. I've been doing this for almost 30 years, like I mentioned. When I first started, I was in my mid-20s. I didn't know the first thing about real estate. Nobody wanted to give me the time of day. And so I had to go make a whole bunch of mistakes and learn the hard way, trial and error, uh, losing a lot of money. But you know, I, I was uh, young enough that I could rebuild. And also, I didn't really have any plan B, so I had no choice. But yeah, you have to be really careful how you invest and, and also realize that when you invest in somebody else's company that's investing in real estate, you don't actually own real estate. You own a share in somebody's company. That's a good point. And, yeah. and you're at the mercy of how well they run or don't run that company. And uh, so you just have to be super careful. Yeah. You made a good point, right? Like most people who are new to investing or, or maybe beginners to intermediate, they're having to do all themselves. And so investing in a single family, they would have to do the research. They're going to have to manage it. They have to make sure that the tenants are, are good tenants. Whereas putting that money into a syndication where you've got someone who says they're going to do everything. I just need your $100,000 or $50,000 and then we'll just give you your dividend. Sounds a little bit more enticing than having to do all that. But I think 
when we have someone like you who is offering kind of the same thing as someone in syndication where you're going to walk with them, hold their hands, find the property, manage it. It's a turnkey program. It seems like more of a no-brainer that is better. Well, the single biggest advantage is you have control. So I'm there to mentor you, but you get to decide Do you, if you want to sell it. I, I tell you when to get in. I also give you advice on when to get out, but you're not obligated to sell that property. You know, one of the things that I do differently is I don't, even though I'm uh, currently really bullish on Atlanta, and that's where I sell turnkey properties, I don't live in Atlanta. I don't vacation in Atlanta. I didn't pick it. It's convenient for me. I didn't pick it because I have some emotional attachment to it. I picked it because that's where, in my opinion, the best numbers are. There's going to be a point in time where Atlanta doesn't make sense anymore, and I'm going to move my operation, build a new operation, wherever it makes the most sense at that time. And so, you know, prior to investing in Atlanta, I was very heavily invested in Phoenix. And when I sold my properties in Phoenix, I made not only did I make a lot of money, not only did my clients make a lot of money. But for every property we sold in Phoenix, we could buy two in Atlanta. Wow. So literally, yeah, we could double our portfolios without having to take more any money out of our pockets. And so, so I'm here to really uh, give you my best advice. Unlike investing in somebody else's fund, uh, where you're at the mercy of what they want to do, you don't get any say. You don't get to call them up and say, I don't really think we should sell now, or I don't think we should buy. You don't have any say. And, and like I said, there's all these uh, ridiculous fees. So, so to me, it's just a no-brainer. Um, and I know a lot of people, they, they don't, you know, they don't read uh, the prospectus and the information that they get. They don't even know what that money is going towards. They don't realize that. They think they're just, it's all invested in property. All those fees just really add up. And every, every day I read about some fund that goes belly up. And I know the real estate in there doesn't go to zero. And all these people lose all their money. So there's something wrong with that. And so I just want people to really be aware of what they're investing in. Do your research. Whether you invest with me or not, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, do your research. And however you decide to, to go ahead, do your homework. Make sure that what you're investing in is, is a good fit for you and that you're getting all the benefits of real estate ownership because that's why we do real estate over stocks and bonds and all these other things that are available. Some of the benefits you don't get anywhere else, but most people don't even know about these benefits. So make sure you have somebody on your team who's guiding you, telling you what you're entitled to and steering you in the right direction. Yeah, you made a good point earlier that you know Warren Buffett, he's not looking for appreciation. He's not looking for cash flow. He's looking for write-offs. Right? Well, he wants to keep the money that he earns in his pocket instead of giving it to the government. What better way to do it than on real estate and get the extra cash? He'll get that appreciation even though he doesn't need it. Most importantly, he has to keep hold on to his money. But for people like you and me that don't have billions of dollars, if we can get that cash flow every month and eventually build up enough cash flow that we don't have to trade our time for money anymore, uh, Warren Buffett's already there if that's what he wanted. He, he keeps very busy. Uh, but uh, for, for those of us who don't want to necessarily be that busy, want to hang out with our grandkids and travel and give back, we need that cash flow. And that appreciation comes in handy because it allows us to buy more properties, keep building that portfolio. But it's a super nice benefit to pay a lot less tax legally than your friends doing that nine to five job. And so it's just to me, it's just such a no-brainer to invest in real estate, but to do it properly. Yeah. So you can't uh, do a tax write-off if you're in a syndication? You, you don't actually own the real estate. So you have to, you have to actually own the real estate, whether, whether it's you or your, corporate, your, your corporation. But if you don't own the real estate, you can't, you can't write it off. And, and I should point out, by the way, disclaimer, I'm not an accountant. Right. Lawyer, so please confirm with your lawyer and accountant. Right, exactly. exactly. What's the difference that you think of you, you have found when it comes to cash flow f um, from like single family to multi units to a 
massive apartment buildings. Well, it all you know, it all depends on the uh, numbers. Every every building is going to be different. Every single family home is different. The the biggest challenge you have is, like I said, with the with a multifamily, the benefit is everything's under one roof, and so it's easier to collect. The disadvantage is everything's under one roof, so it could be feast or famine. If everything's going well and all your units are filled and all the rents coming in, great. But like I said, if uh, they decide to build a freeway behind your apartment building, everybody wants to move somewhere quieter. Everything happens at once. If something breaks down in, in a multi in a big multifamily project, that could eat up a whole lot of cash flow uh, for a long, long time. If you're replacing some of the expensive uh, components that go wrong, whereas a single family home, uh, if you buy newer homes, which is what I do, what I recommend. You're, you're still going to get things breaking down every now and then. There's no doubt about it. But if you're buying newer homes and they're in good shape when you buy them, uh, by the way, I put a one-year warranty on, on the homes and, and mine are all 1995 and newer. When, you, when you're buying that sort of thing, uh, you're, you're less likely to have your, your cash flow all disappear to uh, repairs and things like that. And also apartment buildings, one of the things you want to do if you know to attract more tenants is you want to start renovating the units. Well, that costs a lot of money. So it takes a while before you recoup that. So lots of things you have to think about uh, you know, before you, before you get in. Uh, but absolutely, if you get the right apartment building in the right place and, and uh, luck goes your way, you can have great cash flow. Yeah. But you can also get great cash flow from having a, bunch, a whole bunch of single family homes and not necessarily in the same markets. So you can be in a whole bunch of different markets, a whole bunch of different neighborhoods. And that way, if a few go vacant, well, you know, that's always going to happen. There's going to be a certain amount of vacancy no matter what. For me, I'm, I'm very geographically diverse. You know, there's a massive layoffs in one of the cities that I'm invested in and the rent were to go down or the vacancy rates were to go up. Well, I'm protected because I'm, you know, my stuff, like I said, is all over uh, North America. And so, uh, so there's pluses and minuses. I'm not saying everything's all rosy. You do single family. Everything's exactly. all perfect, and multi's all crap. It's not like that at all. There's certainly some very lucrative multifamily projects, but most people don't sell something very lucrative unless they're asking top dollar for it. Uh, whereas I like to buy stuff that's distressed. And if I were buying a distressed 100 unit apartment building, it's going to need a lot of money to get that up to, uh, you know, up to speed where we can keep those units rented and get top rent. So there's just, you know, a lot of different factors you have to look at. And, and for me, it's just very easy to have a bunch of single family homes, have other people look after them, not, you know, using up my time to deal with it. And so to me, that's the biggest resource I've got is my time. I like to use it really wisely. And like I said, whenever I had was in the apartment building world, it seemed like I was always busy with my with my building, whether I wanted to or not. It just it was inevitable. See, let's talk about loans because if it's a seventy thousand dollar home, which is your home, and it sounds like great homes, nineteen ninety five, you're guaranteeing it for a year. Can you get a loan, a regular conventional loan, for something like that? And how much down payment? are you, you know, someone needs to get into something like that? Yeah. So uh, yes, you can get loans for it. And, you know, our lender can get in with as little as 15% down. That's one five. Uh, you don't need a whole ton of money to get started and uh, they cash flow nicely. And most importantly, though, uh, you're in the path of progress where to me, that market is way undervalued. There's great, Lance has always been great for job creation. It's head office to, you know, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Turner Broadcasting, Delta Airlines, this goes on and on. Uh, but not only is it head office, a whole bunch of companies are very diverse, meaning that, you know, if, if we look at Detroit, obviously when the automotive industry was flying high, so was the real estate. And 
unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, the automotive industry is never going to be the same again. You know, now we're looking at self-driving cars, self-flying cars. The future of cars is Apple and Uber, not Chrysler or Ford and GM, unfortunately. And so when we see a city that's all very much uh, built around one industry, once again, all your eggs are in one basket. When that industry is doing well, you're doing well. When that industry is, is in a slump, so are you with your real estate. And so uh, Coca-Cola, if they were to close their doors tomorrow, which I strongly doubt is going to happen, well, there's a whole bunch of other industries and companies that uh, will pick up the slack. And, and one of the things I, I love about uh, Georgia in general is they're very business friendly, which is why there's so many head offices there. They realize that, hey, if we give these big corporations tax incentives to move their offices here, they're going to hire a whole bunch of people and we'll tax all these people. But as long as there's jobs being created, people will move to the city. And when uh, people move to the city, uh, that obviously puts pressure, upward pressure on the real estate, and that causes appreciation. And so you want to be in that market. Before you're reading the headlines that Atlanta is booming, you already want to be invested in that market because otherwise uh, you're going to feed into the frenzy and you'll be buying homes at a, at a really high premium. So you want to get rather inexpensive ride that wave up, collect rent all along the way and, and have that passive income while you're waiting for that market to do its thing. And when everybody starts fighting over properties, then you sell, take that money, use a 1031 exchange and take all your money and rinse and repeat in another market that's lagging behind and ride it up. And that's what, what makes me a lot different is if you go to your typical turnkey operator, they're still going to be operating that market when it's booming. They're going to operate that market when it's slumping. They, that's close to home for them. So they stay put. And how you really uh, get strategic and get more properties and make more money and get awesome lifestyle is to be ahead of the curve, be moving to those markets before everybody else does, get in and uh, get out at the right time. And that's what I'm here to help people do. Is I want to mention that you said that your property's cash flow. So right away, people are, are starting to make money. They're not having to put more money in if they buy a property with you. Yeah, so by the time somebody buys a property from me, the home's already been fixed. It's already been tenanted. Uh, there's my property management team already collecting rent from that tenant. And as soon as you buy it, that rent now goes into your pocket and uh, you start getting cash flow right from day one. Like I said, you don't need a whole ton of money to get in. And I'm there to you get my mentorship for free uh, if you want it. Not everybody wants to hear from me every day. You have great video tutorials on YouTube and your website. I put a lot of information out there, but I'm always there to help people because I can talk about real estate all day long, as I mentioned. And it's still my passion after 30 years. I still love it. It's been extremely good to me. You know, For me, I can't imagine doing anything else. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for getting on last minute and doing this with me. My pleasure. And listeners, connect with him. Tell him you heard him on, heard him on Parent Pump Radio. And uh, any last word, Mike? You know, whether you do it through me, whether you do it through someone else, get in the game, get into real estate. Um, it'll you know, create that passive income and uh, it'll change your life. And, and you can have the life of your dreams if you do it properly. So, Yep. And it, Warren Buffett said, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you'll work until the day you die. That's true. Okay. Thank you, listeners. Until next time, keep on growing and keep on learning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, 
Go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Thank you.